Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody. How the devil are you? Yeah, I am good, thank you. Very good indeed. You now have the coronavirus, right? I do. I am stuck inside with the, with the vid, but I feel okay. I've got a little bit of a cold, so for anyone, any real audio heads out there, sorry if I'm a bit snuffly over here i'm not doing a an asmr video just got a just got a virus just got a virus i've got that uh i'm i don't feel like any symptoms per se but i've got this cough where if i dare even suggest a hint of a cough like a teeny tiny one i just won't stop like it just won't stop coming out sound like a like deflating uh what did they call the floating beds on on the seas called again what's that called Lilo. 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 It's been a long time since I've thought about that word. A Lilo. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) For a second, when you asked that, I thought, oh no, the pressure's on. I don't know what a Lilo's called. Shit, shit, shit. Came back. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, Have you had a good week? Yeah, it's been all right, you know, apart from. Apart from being stuck in the house, in many ways, it's really upped my film watching um, because normally we run outside. We're training for a marathon right now, which means a lot of running. Oh, yeah. Because we're... Take your laptop with you. Yeah, we can. When when you're on a lap, when you're... I might have to engineer like some kind of tray that I can run with when when we're back outside again. But... um, yeah, I uh, have been on the treadmill for the last few days, and I've, the problem with treadmill runs for me has always been I gotta get bored, and then yeah. you know, even with for some reason, even the music is great when you're out for an outside run. Can't can't Just stare at doesn't the cut it when you doesn't yeah. doesn't cut it when you're on the treadmill. I guess is it's it the magic heavy, of looking at outside with music. Is it a heavy treadmill? <coughs> um, 
don't know. I wouldn't try and carry it up the stairs. It's pretty heavy. I only asked because there was a guy I knew who really wanted a treadmill in his like basement where I had his little office. Um, and he ordered one and really excited, but the delivery company refused to take it downstairs because it was too heavy. Uh, so they left it there on the side of the road. And then yeah. he called his friend, like panicked, didn't know what to do. They managed to get it down to the basement. And then when he set it up, he was so excited. He stood on it and he felt the ceiling graze his head because it was, oh, <laughs> it was too, low. too low. And then he was stuck, I think, with his uh, treadmill downstairs. You would have to, do, you had to <laughs> run like the people did in like madness with like bendy knees. Like. <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't got that. Got a nice, uh, it's in the garage. So out there, ran, watched a few movies on there so far the last, yeah, uh, cool. last few days. Probably got another... Uh, I reckon I've probably got about a Snyder Cut's worth of running before I before I'm out of lockdown. Wait, have you seen Snyder Cut yet? You haven't. No, still still oh. not. Never never had a spare four hours or whatever it is to to plow yeah. into it. I'm dead interested for you to watch that because I know you're I'm a comic book fan and you're I'm, a Justice League fan as well. Yeah, love the Justice League, but um, yeah, I'm interested to hear what they're, what they're doing with it next. I'm catching them on the news a bit. I know it's only adjacent to what we normally talk about, but yeah, looks like they're up to all sorts over in over in the continuity of those movies. Yeah, yeah. You caught up on it? It's all Flashpoint stuff, isn't it, right? And apparently it will erase the current... This is all rumours and leaks, <laughs> right? But it it erases the current Batman and Superman, but not Wonder Woman and Aquaman they'll be fine after this but as part of the continuity it might write those two out meaning that there is space for as in Michael Keaton to be old Batman and oh. introduce a new a bat Batman person yeah, yeah who who knows interesting so what about Henry Cavill Superman is he just out of the just just won't be just won't be around which is a shame because I really like him. I think he's great. He's a great yeah. Superman. Yeah, he is. They'll bring the Witcher into it somehow. So yeah. you can't have him and Superman in the same thing. Say, oh, yeah, that's why. That's why. I've not watched the new yeah. series of The Witcher yet either. Apparently, it's good. I've not seen any of The Witcher. I feel like I'm not. I saw the first series. It's good. I feel like I've not played the game, so I don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah. But so, so seeing as you've seen so many films, what have you seen this week? Well, this week, Luke, I finally watched. I know you and Ben already mentioned it. I got around to watching The Matrix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I was before I was locked down, based on your review, based on your guys' opinions, I thought I'd go it go VOD rather than go to the cinema. Don't want to don't want to be disappointed. Um, nothing much more to add beyond beyond what you guys said. I don't think like yeah. Conceptually, there's some really interesting stuff. Yeah, I think there's some really interesting stuff. The opening bit where it's all very metafiction and what is the Matrix and so on. Yeah, I feel has possibly been done better in any number of like video essays that about that have been released about the Matrix over the last ten years. I was thinking that bit. I mean, I know they say they took a lot of the Matrix from Grant Morrison, but I thought yeah. the first half of this was very Grant Morrison. It reminded me of all of his meta. Meta stuff that you did. Yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't on board with the way it was delivered in the film because I felt like, and it's nothing against the people that were behind creating it, 
but I feel that the version of that meta narrative they could get away with without the the corporate side of a film being made saying, yeah. oh, you can't say that. Yeah. It kind of left it a little bit watered down and it felt like a, is this a joke? Because it feels like a joke, but it feels like a joke that you haven't been allowed to tell properly. Um, yeah. But lots of other stuff, all like, I don't think there was any performance in it that I didn't enjoy. Like everyone in it is brilliant at, at doing their job. But the thing is, and apologies if this is almost exactly what you said, Luke, but even the Matrix sequels that I wasn't such a fan of the story with, I came out thinking, what a great action sequence. I could recall this action sequence. Now, like I could still tell you about that car chase in the second one um, and how that pans out. I came away from seeing this and I'm not sure, I saw it a few days ago, and I'm not sure I could repeat any of the action sequences to you now. Yeah, it's a bit of a blurry mess at times. I don't know what, what the hell is happening. Oh, and for one for one returning character, like, geez, unless you've got subtitles, that was hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about the, well, where's the guy from the second one? Yeah, the guy, the guy, the guy from the second one. Um, yeah. And there's nothing to do with his, nothing to do with his accent necessarily. He just, Comes and shouts some things. I was watching a review. I didn't pick up on this when I watched it, but in the review, they said that he said, they said that he said, I'm going to be in my own spin-off. He says spin-off. Yeah, he does say sequels and spin-offs. And there's Bones that, oh, we didn't used to have all this B, 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 B. He says at one point. B, 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 B. Yeah, I think he's, and he's, indicating the pressing the pressing of buttons with his hands while he's doing it so uh, they didn't used to be in shorthand for video games i don't know what the but yeah it was okay. yeah it it was it, it was a strange one it's a shame yeah it's a shame yeah. yeah but i think i think also if i'm honest an impossible task yeah i feel like the, the third i mean you say you didn't like the the other two films but i i quite enjoy them I quite like this. To be fair, I've not seen them for over a decade. Like uh, I've watched them fairly recently. Um and I enjoy all of them. I mean, I know they're not amazing, but they're really interesting, quirky sci-fi films. There's some there's some interesting stuff about them, and I do keep thinking, oh, I'm gonna go back and watch it, watch them, because I don't think I've seen the third one since I first saw the third Matrix film, like at the cinema. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a long old time now. Um, I don't know, for me, The Matrix might be a great standalone movie that became a series of four movies. Arguably, I would say this new, this new Matrix series, this new Matrix movie might have served better as a TV series, though. Because yeah, then you could have given time yeah. for that meta-narrative to grow and you maybe wouldn't have to be so reliant on yeah, meaningless action sequences. You could have just done like even like a lower budget, more considered piece. But anyway, yeah. enough of, enough of the Matrix. I also watched. Yeah. Um, so look here. I watched the remake of Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked it. There's some interesting. There's some interesting fun things in there, and there's some graphics stuff. It has a bit of a TV budget about it, but it's and it's quite quippy at times you were saying me to an episode on it 
Yeah, I think we should because there's lots of fun kills to discuss. Yeah, yeah, okay, it's for that. it's yeah. some some funny some funny stuff. Maybe we'll do one of the revisits where we'll do maybe we'll do like a double where we compare it to the original or something. That'd be fun. Um, I watched Willy's Wonderland at last, which you've seen, right? No, I've not seen it, and I feel like I should watch it. I feel like I would enjoy it. Is yeah, that I think you would. Yeah, it's a movie from movie from this year. I think Willy's <laughs> Wonderland. Might end up on your list then. Oh, we'll it could do. Oh, it could do. Yeah, it was. It's fun. Like um, Nick Cage. I didn't know this until I'd watched it. Nick Cage doesn't speak a word in it. Yeah, yeah. Does not say a. Does not say a word. Um, but it's really funny. Um, really funny. Like, very just like just mindless entertaining stuff. Uh, it was okay. a lot of fun. And then I watched. Um, a film featuring friend and former guest. I watched uh, Emily Booth in uh, Shed of the Dead. Shed of the Dead. Was, shed was, of the was Dead. This, um, there was a short film about a killer shed. I think James. Oh, the, the, the shed. The shed. The shed itself is uh, just a, just a setting in this particular uh, one. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So the Shed of the Dead. It has big Evil Shaun shed, of the Dead. Big uh, shed, Sean Shed Rising, <laughs> Army of the Shed, Army of Shed Darkness. <laughs> um, no, um, in Shed of the Dead, it Red is about a. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's about it's about a man. Um, he's one of those characters who is married to someone but hates their wife, um, and he hangs out in his shed all the time at the allotment, um, painting his warhammers. And Kane Hodder gets on at him for not having a nice allotment. Literally, that Kane Hodder okay, yeah. gets on at him for not having a nice allotment. Um, and then and then the zombies happen. Oh, um, the zombies are in there. Yeah, so it's got big. Show. It's got it's got big Shaun of the Dead NG to it. It's got <laughs> big, um, but and lots of parallels with that as well. Like almost like you could see if if they had had that cast available, you know, if Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and co had been available, these are the characters they would each play, but they weren't available. So these are the people that we, that have, these are the, these are the people that, these are the people that we have in it. Um, For the main, for the main two, it's just two main characters that are very, very, that are very, those two, everyone else is, uh, its own thing but you know what like despite that I don't think it shies away from those it doesn't shy away from those yeah. references or, the, or those touch points there's some fun there are some fun little gags in there despite the fact it does have like it doesn't have the huge Hollywood budget that yeah that, that can be commanded from that series and it's quite entertaining though that got me through uh, today's run in fact some not sat and stood up and ran watching it. It was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't sit when you're running a marathon. It's very difficult. No. Unless you're so good at running. Yeah. You just go along like Dalsim, just Unless you're hovering through. Roof is too low and then you have to sit and run it. You got to, yeah. Bend your knees like madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? Have you watched anything new? <clears throat> that's, that's, that's it for me this week. The other night, um, I woke up at like three. For some reason I just couldn't get back to sleep. Um, and I've been meaning to watch the movie Nobody for ages. Oh, yes. Um, and for some reason, three o'clock in the morning seemed like the right time to do it. It's the right time. 
So it's it's basically kind of Bob Odenkirk's John Wick. Have you seen it? Um, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. I've seen a trailer for it. It looks great. Yeah, so it's it's Bob it's Bob Odenkirk doing his own kind of John Wick thing. Uh, but it's nowhere near as emotionally uh drawing, but in, in a good way, like it feels really light, a light and fun action film that's uh I don't know. It's, I mean, Bob Odenkirk is just a, a great person to watch in any role, but he does the action stuff quite quite well. Uh, but he still feels funny. It's like he's got just the time, even when he's playing a straight man, um, you know, kind of taciturn sort of sort of guy. Yeah, he still seems to manage to pull off the comedy beats. Be like a little bit funny. It's a bit like, and I know it isn't such a serious thing. You know, when we saw when we watched Bruce Campbell in Maniac Cop, which yeah, on the surface does not present itself as a funny movie, right? Yeah. But still, just his way of moving and timing things. Yeah. Can't can't help it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've been um actually, you know what? This is a bit weird. So I've, I've talked about this before, me and Kat, we have a thing where we watch one TV oh, show. Oh yeah. And then like a cultural exchange. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and this time we kind of met in the middle a little bit because we were kind of if and butting of what to watch. And we ended up putting Supernatural on. Ooh. Supernatural, if anybody's not seen it, is, um, I think it, wait, so maybe like 2010 or something like that. The first, I think it was early in that, maybe like 2008, cause it's been going for like 15 seasons. Basically, two brothers, um, the Winchester brothers, go across America. Uh, in a fancy car and then get into like monster fights every week it's kind of it's x-files but yeah um but uh, rock and they're roll. both they both they both believe things they both believe things yeah it's all the other people who are uh scullies everyone else is the scully uh, <laughs> they turn up, oh there's a monster in now mate nah yeah there is I, <laughs> i've seen this before i mean um it's kind of cheesy and it's kind of pre um prestige tv so it's kind of pre-breaking bad um but i actually think when it's doing the monster of the week stuff and it's actually quite some of the horror stuff is actually quite horrific and quite brutal i think it's really fun like it's just so um i don't know that formula that x-files kind of started i think or i think it would have been x-files that started that where someone yeah. dies at the start some some weird supernatural thing and then our two compadres turn up and try and figure out what's going on, and then they kill the supernatural thing, whatever it is. It just works. It's just such a solid, entertaining yeah. like way to spend an hour. It's a good thing, and like in many ways, and I know things have to progress over time. Yeah. With a lot of show, with a lot of shows like that, the same was true of the X Files as well. When I was watching it back in the day, I'd quite happily perpetually see it stay in there. There's just a yeah. monster every week, and it's just a thing. I want like a Simpsons. And everything's returned to normal at the end. There is room. There is a great deal of room for the big story arcs and the things that change and the and the end of season cliffhangers and so on. But actually, there's a great comfort in the fact that you're just going to watch this show and for as long as it's fun, yeah, it's just one episode and it doesn't matter what order you watch them either. Because I've seen a couple of early Supernaturals. Yeah. Um, and it must have been when it was in this Monster of the Week phase that you're talking about because... Yeah. nothing was like nothing needed explaining just these two brothers hanging about 
and then there's a there's a ghost they got to deal with. It was in the walls in this one. Pulled this girl's hair. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's. I mean, I start to lose it a bit when it does get a bit more, uh, like uh, boggled down, in like just the amount of law they have to keep introducing to keep bringing people back alive, or just keep to keep the wheels turning of, of interest and intrigue. Uh, but yeah, when it's just, just to keep like, upping those stakes a little bit every exactly, yeah. every season, yeah. Uh, when it's not doing that, when it's just um, just doing the monster of the week. So, like the one we watched today was, uh, it was in black and white. It was all presented like a Universal monster movie. Okay. And they were in a little town where people were being killed by the Universal monsters. So, like a Bela Lugosi Dracula, a Wolfman, <laughs> uh, a mummy, um, and they kind of had to figure out what was going on i just really enjoy it i just quite enjoy the kind of silly camp fun of it all um, so how many seasons are you in and have you when you make one of these commitments are you in for the you in for the duration yeah we are and this was a long one it's like 15 seasons long Oof. yeah and i'm not that's this year really. sorted yeah um other than that i've been uh, playing there's a game i've been meaning to play for ages on psvr called walking dead saints and sinners Ah, yes, because they gave it away free, like, December, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, download it, put it on. It's basically, you know, the Telltale Walking Dead games. Yeah. It's got that style to it, like, slightly comic booky, slightly cartoony style. But it's yeah. in VR, and always, I always say this, like, whenever you watch a video of VR, or whenever you just look at a trailer or something, it never properly represents how it feels to be in vr because the scale yeah. doesn't translate when you're in vr everything is huge like you are literally in this game although like it's like the um it's not like unreal engine 5 matrix looking oh my god this is reality like it still looks like you're in a game but because like you are literally walking down a street and there's like a load of zombies and then you have to like kind of run away or, or grab their heads and stab them with knives it's terrifying <laughs> i don't know what to tell you it's it's so much fun um and like in this game you're like go through new orleans it's like a survival game so you uh you've got your safe home where you do your crafting and and upgrading your weapons and stuff and every day you go into the town into the city and you've only got a certain amount of time before the bells chime and if you stay out after that all the zombies start to come out in the woodwork and you sort of have to escape back to your safe home um and try not to die along the way it's really good it's a really fun little game loop Oh, I, I still have it to give a go to. I mean, the only thing I think immediately is tell those idiots to stop setting the bells off. <laughs> Stay out longer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing, <laughs> the quite like, there's nothing quite like picking up a screwdriver off the floor and jamming it in a zombie's eye. Jamming it in a zombie's eye. <laughs> yeah, it is a good feeling. It's a good job that in the Walking Dead universe, in the immediate run-up to the zombie apocalypse, loads of people were just dropping screwdrivers about on the street. <laughs> screwdrivers and shivs. There's like loads of yeah. cans of pop. Nobody wants oh. loads of cans of pop. I think maybe a, a pop fan, a pop truck fell over or something and just spilt those tinnies everywhere. And then yeah. a fella from 28 days later hasn't drunk them all up yet. Exactly. Yeah. Still remember that. He's getting that tummy ache from running up the stairs, all that tango in him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's good. I know we've skipped over. Tell you what, Ben takes a week off and then we've completely skipped over important horror news. Is there anything we need to cover? I don't know, actually. Oh, well, I, Morbius has been delayed. Oh, yeah, Morbius has been pushed back. You upset? No. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say so. Are you? <laughs> nah. I feel like I don't. I don't know. It's a weird idea like, to have a film. I mean, I remember when it was amazing that we got a Spider-Man movie, and then it was kind of amazing that we got like an Ant-Man movie. But to make a movie out of Morbius, I don't know. That just that seems insane. Um, yeah. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I only know Morbius from the '90s Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, uh, where because for legal reasons and like censorship, because TV sucks people's blood out through his hands. Yeah, you also had like a wicked like green goatee or something. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I should like him for that because I loved that that series. Yeah, but um, I don't know. He never wore a t shirt or a top. He just always had just a leather jacket over his. Just a big leather, just a big leather jacket. Yeah, his pecs and six six pack vampire abs out. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. Is it a? Is it a Jared Leto thing? Is it a? Am I less interested in Morbius as a thing of all the Spider Man villains they could be doing like a? Do a film, do it, doing a film on. Should be excited about more Spider Man stuff because I really liked the last Spider Man. Yeah, just kind of, it's just kind of in this weird space, I guess. Yeah, I prefer the Spider Man films with Spider Man in them. What I think, what might make this more interesting. This is my hope for this. Have you seen Eternals yet? Which I've also not seen. No, not yet. No, for some reason. Um, Spoilers for Eternals, if anyone cares. Um, at the, it's not even part of the Eternals thing. It's the sting. <laughs> it's the sting for the at the end of Eternals. There are oh, two okay. post-credit yeah. scenes. One is, um, one is Harry Styles going. All right, it's me, Thanos's brother. Um, he's nice. What? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and the other one Harry is one yeah Harry Styles. Guy. Yeah, the One Direction guy is Thanos's Thanos's brother. brother. Yeah. What the Danos? Okay. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, but he's a he's a handsome spaceman, um, and the other post credit scene is Kit Harrington, who is the cast as the Black Knight, but isn't playing the Black Knight in this one. He goes, "Oh, there's a sword in this box," and then he's about to touch the sword, and someone says, "Yeah, don't touch that sword unless you want to be." In all sorts of trouble, and you don't see uh, who it is, but the rumor is that perhaps it's Blade. Morbius becomes exciting if it links into a Blade movie, but I don't find it exciting otherwise. That was yeah. a very long way of saying that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's intriguing. I'm still kind of stuck on Harry Styles as Thanos's brother, but okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But did Did I mention this when I was <laughs> with you last time? There's a bit of trivia that I learned very recently, and I'm not sure they'll ever do it in the films because Wesley Snipes was so iconic. But early comics, Blade is English. Blade yeah, is British. That. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. I can imagine it now. <laughs> a very, very different Blade we could have. It's weird the way movies change comics and stuff because, I mean, um, uh, Nick Fury used to be David Hasselhoff. And now he's Samuel L. Jackson, even in the comics. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy, isn't that it? Happens. Yeah. Apparently in the comics that turned out, they just turned out to be two Nick Furies in the end. Yeah, because Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury is from the Ultimate Universe and they're together now because Miles Morales took over from Peter Parker 
that was a Peter Parker in Ultimate <laughs> Universe, but he died, <laughs> and Miles takes over as Spider-Man, and then that is the Miles that's in regular comics now because those those worlds got merged. Yeah. I think that eventually that's because of Age of Ultron. Okay, yeah. Comic logic. Yeah. Yeah, we'd we'd be we'd be here all night. But yeah, I don't have any other horror news. Like like no, that, that, uh, that, so that'll do. So I guess the meat the meaty topic of discussion, the one that I always really enjoy looking at people's end of year lists and reading their favorite film of the years and stuff. So this is gonna be fun. Um, yeah. How did you want to do this? We could round robin our top five, maybe. Shall we? I know you've got some special awards you want to talk as well. Um, should we do a couple of honourable mentions first, maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then we'll do um, we'll round robin and we'll go from five and we'll go from five upwards to one. Okay. Uh, and yeah. if. And we'll talk about the movie the first time it comes out. So if it's my number five and it's your number four, we'll talk about it when it first comes up. And then when it comes okay. on the other list, we can move along. I'm just trying to find Ben's, Ben's list. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about any on Ben's behalf and we'll we'll okay. assert yeah. what we think he thinks of them and why he likes them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so what we do? <laughs> honourable mentions. Um, so honourable mentions first. What have you got for us? I'll go with my first one, uh, which is oh, A Quiet Place 2. Which, oh, yeah. Um, which is crazy that it's on my honorable mentions list because at the time I was like, really, really enjoyed it. I don't know if it was, yeah. it was like my first time back in the cinema, I think. Um, and I was on my own. Yeah. It was very quiet in there. It's a very quiet Opposite place. Spider Man. Yeah. Have you <laughs> oh, seen shouting. A Quiet Place 2? Yes, yeah, it was probably one of the first films I saw back at the cinema as well. Um, and you're right, I think in other years, perhaps it would have been an easy top fiver. But I um, if, because it was like very, very early in the year, if kind of it's kind of fallen away a little bit, like if it was yeah. later and if it was more recent, it might be more top of mind. I don't know, very true. Although I think. Oh, people will be speculating, but I think my top film is like mid-year though. Okay. So okay. Yeah. not just not just leaning into the ones I've seen yeah. recently. Yeah, quite a place too. It's really good. I actually preferred it to the first one quite a bit. I just enjoyed going more into the post-apocalyptic world. That's always quite intriguing to me. Yeah, I think the expansion of the world was great. Everyone in it does uh Fantastic, you know, a fantastic performance. Yeah, John Krasinski, despite the fact that he's not in this one fully, I think the way that they did include not only his character partially, but then as a kind of a legacy and a memory was really good. Yeah. But Killian Murphy is a great addition to that cast. He's fantastic. Yeah. You put you put him in any post apocalyptic setting, you know he's gonna do it. He's yeah. if you've got a movie and you're like, let's make it post apocalyptic. The first person on your to phone list is Killian Murphy. It's got to Should be, be Killian Murphy. If, if you don't have Killian Murphy in your post apocalyptic movie, it's going to be a box office disaster. Take it from me, disaster. Yeah. Agreed, <laughs> agreed. And I think that uh, should I ever wake up one day, like I step out the door and there's a post apocalypse outside, he's who I want to see. Yeah, ask exactly. Killian Murphy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with that guy. He'll, he'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah. 
with his bags of coke uh, and tango. Okay, next up on the honourable mentions list, what have you got? Right, I had to wrestle with this one long and hard, Luke. Technically, this one would have featured really high for me, and I consider it a movie from this year because it we got it over here this year. But I'm going to play by the strict rules of the game, which I'm going to because I love a rule. Um, I'm going to go with Psycho Gorman. We got it this year. Technically, it's a 2020 movie, though. I understand. That's what that's what it says on Letterboxd, that it's a 2020 movie. So I will not list it in my top five. Well, it would be it would have been extremely high. I thought that was going to be your number one. I thought you were going to include it this year. Uh, it, 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 probably, it, it probably it probably would have been my number one, Luke. But I'm, I've, I've written another five now in case we were being very harsh, harsh of the rules. But should we talk about it now then? Or do you yeah. want to save it to when it's on your list? Psycho Girl Man is a film I've seen three times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, what is that to say about Psycho Girl Man? I, mean, I don't think it's a perfect film. I actually think it's a bit annoying and it miss it misses a few beats. But the things that it does well, it does so exceptionally well. Uh little bits of dialogue, little jokes um that we always bring up. I um, saw you mention it the other day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um I just think it's a really fun, a, f- a really fun, unique movie. And it kind of plays to the stuff I grew up with, like Power Rangers and What's yeah. that Takusatsu? Is that what that's called? Or is that like something? yeah, it's like the whole the whole series, right? Of anything. That's your Power Rangers, that's your Masked yeah. Rider, that's your um Takusatsu. big bad Beetleborgs, your VR troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I I really love it. And like <laughs> I say, if I was if I was you would have been you'd have been correct, Luke. If there wasn't any ambiguity over the over the rules of when officially it was released, it probably would have been my number one movie because it's just so it's very like, new, I would say. As yeah. Well. It's it's just so joyous in its delivery of that the gore is over the top, it's fun, it doesn't take itself seriously. Um it's got that pithy, sharp dialogue. You can imagine, like, it is a wonder that there isn't a trauma sticker on this movie at, at times as well. Like, yeah. it is, it's just great. It, you know, it's just really, really enjoyable. You are right. It's not I perfect. I think it, I think that it maybe loses some momentum in the final third. It can't keep up. I think the high, like, if you had, if you had the, the sharpness of delivery from that first third all the way through, yeah. Then um impossible like an impossible task almost. Yeah. But there's some there's some great things. I also hope they do a sequel. I back to Kickstarter if they're doing a comic series, I think. And I think okay. we mentioned on the episode that this is the kind of thing you would want action figures of. And I think they are doing action figures of it. Um That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I do hope they do another one too. I would I think we mentioned on thing, I'd watch a series of this. They could do a, deck, a really good series. In fact, a series would work really well, actually. Yeah, you could do like almost a Power Rangers thing where there is a monster every week. Yeah. Where he yeah. fights, or, or, but he is the monster. Where he destroys <laughs> another planet every week. Yeah. It'd be great. I would watch the hell out of it. But yeah, I put it as an honourable mention and, and picked things that in the strictest possible terms came out in 2020. But yeah, that's one okay. of my honourable mentions for the year. Well, that 
might change my list. What I'll do is uh, when I get to my list, I'll say where it's going to go. Um, and I'll I, I work it out. Uh, my next honorable mention was mm, I'm either going to say the entire trilogy, but specifically Fear Street 1978. Oh, perfect timing. I have this listed on minus Ben. It hit, not Ben. Look, it hits my uh, it hits my number one two. It's my number four. Does okay. does Fear Street um, nineteen seventy four specifically as well? I, you could expand that and say the whole trilogy because I think if you because they came out like one week apart. But if you're saying pick one of those entries, um, I would do that. It would have been it would have been my number four for me. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it was yeah. really nicely made. It had a real, um, I guess, a real kind of mixture in the way that it's done with the... It's done and it has a touch of those goosebump stories about them too. So there is almost an introduction to horror mm-hmm. feel about it. But then they're incredibly bloody and violent. Like they're all 18 certificates, right? They've got to be, Yeah. Maybe yeah, not, there's not a swear in them, which I yeah, think no one says fuck all bugger. Yeah. Um but people but, are getting like axe in the face and stuff. I'm yeah, that sure. girl gets bread sliced in the first one or cake sliced. Oh yeah. Everyone dies. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, really interesting. And I think that the, the middle one, is it 78? I thought uh, is it 78. It's in the it's in the 70s for sure. Okay, yeah. Down in the seventies, I think that uh, summer slasher summer camp slasher vibe yeah. really worked for it. yeah for me that was my favorite one as well like really really good performances apologies i don't have a name in front of me so i can't pull it unless i click through it yeah Yeah, the yeah the the girl that plays in stranger things yeah she's like heading away to be in typecast she's always like a slightly like rough around the edges no nonsense like hard ass in these things but such a such a great performance such a great setting if you're going to do uh, either a 70, um, like a nostalgic film, and you don't have her as your two phone person number one, your film or TV series is going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. you get, get, get her on the list. Who else yeah. do you want? You want a Stranger Things kid, if you're going to have anything that's set in those times. Ideally, Finn Wolfhart. Is that his name? Finn Wolfhart. Yeah, Finn Wolfhart. Um, ideally him but any or two really um, as long as it's not Will he's a little bit creepy looking um, yeah, he's too, he's going to be the baddie in these things yeah. your little Victorian ghost boy <laughs> he'd, he'd play that really well I think he could do if in Brahms 3 Tokyo Drift he becomes a real boy he could be bad boy Brahms for real he looks like he'd be a, he does look a bit like a Panicchio sort of character like he was a wooden boy who's come alive at some point. <laughs> <Pinocchio>. <laughs> cool um, if Guillermo del Toro is not calling that boy who plays Will to be in Pinocchio he's in for a box office disaster <laughs> disaster yeah okay so by the way Nightmare Alley when did that come out did that come out this year or last year Nightmare Alley <laughs> Nightmare Ali McBeal. It's the new Gilmore Del Toro film. I think it maybe came out last year, but I don't think anyone's seen it. 
No, I haven't seen it. Is it this year? Is it, or is it one of those things that, is this going to be an honourable mention next year, Luke, because it technically came out yeah. last year, but we haven't seen it yet? Uh, okay, first three, what's your next uh, honourable mention? Um, you know, look here, I will list it. I think that probably does it for um, honourable mentions for me, just because I know from Ben's list that one of the other things that I would mention honourable mentions does come up on his top five. So I'll, I'll hold fire. Has Ben got any other honourable mentions to bring up? Uh, yeah, so um, he's got a couple. I've, I've got a couple as well, actually. Um, so he says, honourable mentions, we need to do something, which is the, the Max Booth film. Um, which is really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one yet, so I cannot comment. Could have been my number one, Luke, but I've seen it. So yeah. this next one he mentions, I'm not going to mention for, for a certain reason. Uh, Conjuring Three. Wow, that's not even on my on my mentions list. So oh, I didn't Conjuring even have it to mention either. I forgot all about it. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. <laughs> yeah, came up on the came up on the quiz, but yeah, I liked. I liked it, but is it maybe this is a victim of the fact that it's in such a well-established series and continuity now? Yeah. Where this is like the horror version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where I can't tell you what came out on the thing. It's just a series that's happening. Yeah, exactly. It's like a really big TV show. Yeah. It's just um, going to carry on. Okay, so uh, he also says Army of the Dead which hasn't made any of my lists. No. Uh, but I, I appreciate it, what it is, I have to say. Yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it just fine. Yeah. Um, but fucking robots. <laughs> I like that. I think I want to know what's going on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, couple, a couple more honorable mentions. That's what he's side. banking on, Luke. <laughs> yeah. A couple more honorable mentions to my side. Titan, which uh, we did on the podcast, um, is a fantastic film and it probably should be in the top five and it's probably someone's number one. Uh, but I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a fantastic film. It just, just didn't hit my top five. And also VHS 94, which I'm a huge VHS fan. I don't know what it is about these films. I just really enjoy them. I really enjoy the even... Though not all the segments are great, and the wraparounds tend to be a bit shoddy. I just enjoy the format of found footage, low budget, low budget ish found footage movies where the directors kind of just get to play and do whatever the hell they want. And this one had the segment with the, uh, it's like a, I don't know, like a Bioshock. <laughs> um, yes, the- that was an. Excellent one. When you when you paused for a second, I was like, right, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the robots or it's gonna be Ratmer that, that you mentioned. Those are great, yeah. Yeah, this there is- there are some great moments in that. Yeah, that I think that's worth mentioning, especially as you see people from these movies go on to do big full-length movies in the future, right? It's a great it's a great like showcase for yeah. other people that are gonna be doing more in the future. I hope they do more of these movies. Uh, and it, it's kind of made me want to go and watch... I've not seen VHS Viral, which is kind of the worst one. No, I've time. not but seen Viral either. It's still got some good segments in it. It's uh, Yeah, there's still some fun bits in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, VHS was a good one. We didn't correct me if I'm wrong. That isn't main feed, is it? Like we did a Patreon bonus on VHS. Oh, I think it was a Patreon bonus. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Perfect time if you've if you've heard this and your appetite has been whetted. Get yourself on over on the Patreon. Enjoy that special. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's for my all of my honourable mentions. Yeah. One, <coughs> which I'll get to, but I'll, I'll explain why. Um, top five, then. <coughs> top five. Do you want to go first with your number five? Okay. All right. This is a weird one because I think it actually maybe came out in the US last year. I mean, the year before last year. I'm not too sure actually when it came out. It's called The Empty Man. And it was a film that I think some company was going to put out, but then it got bought out by Disney and they just didn't do any marketing promotion on the film at all. It's what you class it as a cult film in the sense that no one was looking forward to it because it looked like a thin man, creepy pasta sort of film. And it uh, it's two and a half hours long. And it just looked a little, I don't know, it looked like it was going to be a bit run in the mill. Um, but the film is it's, it's, it's been shown up on more of my list that I've seen, more best of list than I thought it would, because it does okay. have that kind of cool quality to it. It's a strange film. It's quite like a noir film in, in some ways. It's got like a detective thing going on. It's based on a comic by Cullen Bunn, who's a really big horror comic book writer at the minute. Um, it's, it's kind of great. And there's a few scenes in there that are so creepy. They're like, okay. There's one bit in particular that's so creepy that I'm, I'm never ever going to forget that little scene. It's um really amazing little movie actually. It's very long. I have two and a half minutes. Well, it's just you know you get, when you go for a run, two thirds of a Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stick this on. I think you'll have a uh, a good running time, a nice running set. Oh, okay, I've um, I've just added it to my list. Do you happen to? So they've been brought out by Disney. So is it on Disney Plus? I think it is on Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah. Ooh. Well, there you go then. Guaranteed. The Empty yeah. Man. That sounds great. Yeah, I should give go. that a go. Yeah. Cool. And it's, and it's always nice that like we can get to like, uh, it's testament to the fact that I think the back end of this year as well, so many things rattled out um, with great, great speed that it's quite refreshing that even us, I sit here, here and we do a horror podcast every week where we cover the news and we watch at least one horror movie every week we can get yeah. to the end of the year and you can pull a pull a movie that i haven't that's completely passed me by that's great yeah i feel like i haven't, haven't done as uh as well as i would normally do for watching all all the horror movies that come out this year I feel like i've been a bit lax um i'm not too sure what that is uh oh, but yeah. got, gotta do gotta do something else Need to catch Live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Let me so many hours in the day. Um, number five for me, um, your friend and mine, the Candyman. Oh, that should have been on my uh honorable mentions list. I forgot about that. Here he is. Um, so we can we can talk about him now. Um so much to enjoy about this. And I think we talked about it in the show as well. There are some things that 
didn't quite work for me. Mm. Um, you know, particularly around the agency of the main character towards the end. But those minor gripes aside, um, from a presentation point of view, some fantastic visual work that happened there. Really good, you know, really good casting, really good exploration of the character and the and the art form um, that it, that it comes from, and the way that the legend is built up in 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 the story. Um, Nia Costa does a great job of directing a really good, strong cast in in this movie. So yeah, not much to say without unpacking it and repeating the ground we covered on the episode, but. I think I think yeah, really yeah. well. I think really well done. And like, I think um, the the casting of it is one that even threatens to um, overshadow. It would it, it? I guess it totally depends what they do next to it, and if we see more of the character, and if we see an on a continuation of the series now. But threatens to even like look at the iconic image of Tony Todd and give a really good solid longer lasting new look to this character as well yeah i uh i agree i think um i've been trying to been talking about the clive barker renaissance for a long time it does seem yeah you're a big you're a big believer i know that i know the books of blood shook your faith a little bit it's it's still a little bit i have to say um but um the new hellraiser is coming out next year i think so it'll be interesting to see what that's is that going to make it or break it, Luke? Whether the Renaissance <laughs> is on or off, whether Hellraiser, but yeah, yeah, Yaya Abdullah team is a, such a great lead in the um, yeah. in 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 the movie, and like like let's face it, we just sort we've just seen him in several things. Like it's really been a solid couple of years for this guy, right? Like seems to be in he's, everything. Um, he's super charismatic. Uh, I think yeah. in just about everything he's in, he's like. Uh, it's quite difficult to take your eyes off him. Um, did you see the Watchmen TV show? I've not seen the Watchmen series yet, but I heard he, I've heard he's fantastic in that. Yeah, I really good, yeah, yeah. I I really liked him here in here in Canada. Let me just make sure I'm not missing any of his his great his great his roles here. Of course, I think he's the best thing in Aquaman. Love his oh, yeah, love his work like love, love, yeah. love his work with lasers, those big red lasers that he does. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, he's really good. And I would say, you know, despite the fact he's in, in it with a very capable cast, really liked him in the Matrix. Yeah, he's 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 funny. He's, I think it was a weird choice. Uh but because it wasn't exactly Mor- Morbius, was it? It was a Morbius. Um, Michael Morbius, <laughs> the vampire. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So uh, my number four. Or do we do Ben's number four, five before we move on? What What has Ben got? Well, it's that we have that's the same. What is he? Did he not just give us five honorable mentions? I might have missed. Ah, oh, no. I can see here. Oh, okay. I missed these. Um, so here's number. four. Were these in order? I think so. Let me have a look here. So, so honourable mentions, top five. Okay, so if these are in order, then... Oh, no, so I said, is that your favourite? And he said, yes, so... Uh... So Titan was his fifth? 
Titan would be his number five, yeah. So Titan would be his number five. Um, you talked a little. Do you want to add anything about Titan? Uh, now, now that it's been listed somewhere. No, I'm glad it has. Um, yeah, it's a good film. Hit, 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 hit Spend's top five. I still need to catch up and watch it. Okay, so, so my number four then is uh, Last Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright film. And it's also, well, I don't know if we should say, is it on your list at all anyway, I guess? It How is it? on my list. It's a little higher than yours. Um, not as high as it is on Ben's though. So yeah. let's, 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 let's go for it, Luke, and reveal it while, while we're here. So it's your number four. It's yeah. my number two. It's Ben's number one. Right? Unless I'm reading this incorrectly. It is Ben's number one. Yeah, Ben's number one of the year. Last night in Soho. I know he's a huge Edgar Wright fan though, right? Uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'd rather imply that and say he's a big fan of violence against women. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, very stylish, right? I think that's the, the thing that you can wear from that film, like beautifully done in so many ways. Yeah. Like, um, it, Says go right, so like every single frame is intentional. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he storyboards, storyboards, he storyboards everything to the nth degree. And if you've seen like any of the behind the scenes stuff when he's like making Scott Pilgrim, you kind of understand how exacting he is to have everything where it, where it needs to be and the timing and everything needs to be perfect. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a person for like the incorporation of music. Yeah, when he's eating his food, he probably has to eat it. It's a, in a certain order. Yes, yeah, peas, peas first. first, then your <laughs> carrots, first, then yeah. your potato. Yeah, then meat or Yorkshire pudding last. Doesn't got, matter. He really. times them at the same time, like a like <laughs> yeah. cross, like a match cut between some between flavors or something. Um, yeah, it's a great. I mean, it's a fantastic film. I, um, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what to say about it. Really, I don't think it's my, definitely not my favorite Edgar Wright film. Because I feel like it's missing some of the gags, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's such a shame to see him not having a comedy element because you're so familiar with with yeah. that side. I watched Hot Fuzz the other day. Really it's great. Like that he, I also really like that he's moving away from comedy as well. So I do appreciate that as element as well. Wow, it's weird. It's like, yeah, I, I, I listed it more highly because um, I found it, incredibly compelling it was quite chilling stuff i think the performances are phenomenal in it um and yeah like i think with the musical elements as well like edgar Wright uses music so well in his in his work um and the way that the lighting and the color works about it and you cannot take your eyes off and it's not yeah. It's not like to take anything away from Thomas and Mackenzie's performance, but Anna Taylor Joy, you cannot look away from her whenever she's on screen, and it's so well done. I think maybe the only thing that's kind of holding it back in my mind a little bit is the Doctor Who esque stuff going on, like with the zombie people. Yeah, and Doctor Who, and obviously, it doesn't help if if you get in Doctor Who, Doctor Who vibes, and then Matt Smith is in it, and he does the classic Doctor Who thing of holding someone's hand and then running a little bit too fast. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you whenever I think of Doctor Who, I always think about people holding first. people's hands and running. <laughs> yeah. 
It's about um, running while holding hands. That is Doctor Who to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's my number four. I guess it's your number four now, right? Um, yeah, my number four. We talked about it. So Fear Street in particular, okay. 1974. Um, but yeah, we, we, we covered that. I guess if we're as we're here, we can add that little extra flavour that say... I, I would be more tempted to really lean in hard and say um, it's the entire trilogy if it wasn't for the third one really like dropping the ball ever so slightly, mostly with the accents in the in the past. Yeah, I know you weren't happy with that at all, were you? No, and maybe, maybe it's my problem. Maybe it's that actually that is a very authentic New England accent circa 1800 all of those actors absolutely nailed it but what it feels like for me and an edu- I've never claimed to be a linguist loop not not today not in the past not in the future but what it feels like to me and an educated viewer is that it's a lot of people who naturally have American accents um, doing really bad Irish ones yeah that's probably about right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no one goes so far as to like <laughs> do any like stock phrases or anything like that to try and get the accent, but yeah. it's, but it is grating, especially like in light of the way they're released. You know, it was a weekly release, and you've just seen these people. That, I think that probably doesn't help when you've you've already heard them doing their normal accents. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, or me, <laughs> yeah, <and> it's. <laughs> Yeah, top of the morning here in New England. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, it was a hard one to swallow. Um, yeah, yeah, but there we go. So, uh, Ben's number four was Ghostbusters Afterlife. He's uh, called Finn Wolfhard right in to make sure his eighties based thing has not been a box office failure. Exactly. And this yeah. was the one I would have given as an honourable mention. Um, because you know it's nice to see the the universe and busting ghosts yeah. back back in it, and I had, a, I had a good time. I was smiling all the way through that movie. Wouldn't didn't quite make my top five list, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't make that episode when you talked about it. I um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I particularly liked that. The music and the editing, even the editing, the way that the shots were matched, so were cut together, seemed very reminiscent of the original. Um, I thought it was great. I um, I don't know. I just, I think you know what it is. We talked about before about like the new Spider-Man movie. Does the nostalgia thing, but all of the elements of nostalgia really add to the story. Whereas yeah. this, I think, was a bit of a victim to that the other side of the nostalgia stuff where it's like did feel a bit like they were just chucking nostalgia stuff in there because it was fun and it do you remember yeah do you remember this thing yes i yeah. do well in that case you'll love this and i'm a bit uh, i guess we're going to spoiler territory here i don't know you know that ending where the good guy i just I just knew that that ending was going to happen. Yeah, where the original good guys turn up. And I know they did a little bit more, so it wasn't just that they turn up and win. Yeah. But, yeah, it does kind of feel a little bit like that. Yeah. Who's your favourite, as you weren't here for the 
episode. Who's your favourite of the new of the new Ghostbusters? Uh Paul Rudd. Does he count? Paul Rudd? <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. I guess he's in there. If if it's down to the kids for me, podcast every day. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually Love really liked um, the. I can't remember. I don't remember her name. The the daughter. Uh, yeah, the granddaughter even. Uh, she really She's good. like Egon. So much like Egon. Like she had yeah. the Egon sort of qualities down really well. Um, yeah, really good. Didn't make any of my list, unfortunately, but I did enjoy that film. Yeah. Just a fun movie. I guess that's one of the things as well is that I don't know about you, but when I sat down to do like right horror movies of the year, the things that pop out to you, both poster wise and the things that Letterbox throws at you are the things that are more strictly horror, whereas Ghostbusters, you would be forgiven for saying, okay, this is a, it's an action movie. It's a a horror comedy. It's a, like, there is probably an argument to say that elements of this are not a horror movie. It's just, it's got ghosts in it. Yeah. 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 That's that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> uh, so whose turn is it now? Um, is it my number three or your number three? It's one of our number threes. I don't I can't remember which way we're doing. Should we say them at the same time? I will tell you that my number three um, is Werewolves Within. Oh, that, there's been so many good films this year. That should have been on my uh, uh, honorable mentions as well. Purely for that line. Hey, what did that eyeball say? <laughs> <laughs> it just really makes me cringe. Uh, yeah, so good. Uh, a really fun yeah. film. I really liked it. Um, what can I say about it without going to... Again, most of these that we've mentioned, 
this year. Not all of them, um, but most of them, there'll be entire episodes on. So if anyone has yeah. just joined us in 2022 looking for new podcasts, a lot of these movies that we're mentioning, um, go back, find the episode, and hear us chat about them for an extended period of time. But for me, Werewolves Within, really nice setup. Is it an example of one of the best video game adap- adaptations? I've not played the video game. I can't tell you how closely it is adapted. I've heard it's quite but different. Uh, everyone in it is like this really funny dialogue, really great delivery. There's some chaotic, um, like killing off of characters towards towards yeah. the end as it all begins to escalate. Um, it's just really, it's just really, really charming in its delivery of everything that it everything that it does. And yes. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed watching it. And um, again the test of something that's truly enjoyable. Um, we watched it the week after a previous movie where I'd been watching a room and we'll come to this one later. It's not going to be on my top five, but um, I'd watched one of these movies and Karen had sat in the room and gone, what is this shite? Oh my God, I'm going to go in the other room next time you're watching one of these movies. And then she was in for Werewolves Within and she like got up at the end of it that was really good. That was brilliant. I loved that. Like yeah. I got like some kind of redemption to still be able to choose movies yeah. um, in, in in the house for shared watching because it was a thoroughly enjoyable movie. Yeah. So I didn't make my list, uh, but I, I really enjoyed that. I don't think it, it didn't make Ben's either. I don't think. Uh, no, it didn't. Okay. So my number three Um well, I did put Psycho Gorman, but yeah. I don't know if that fits with the rules properly. I mean, I think it pretty sure it came out twenty two and twenty one here. Yeah, you can you can live your life like if you want to keep it as as number one. See, I, I thought it was going to go the other way, and I thought it was going to bring Psycho Gorman, especially because it was my it was likely to hit number one for me. Figured I might get emails saying technically, uh, and it came out in twenty twenty. Get it right? Yeah. Well, I'm realizing that a few of my films, The Empty Man, I think might have been a 2020 film in America and 2021 here uh, as well. I'm not too sure. So I feel like it's just my vibe. I like retro films. Yeah. Although, like, you wouldn't be the only person that's not lost track of time over the last two years. There's been a bit on. Yeah. So, Psycho Gorman, um, we've already talked about it. it. It's fantastic. It's very unique, very fun, very silly, uh, and a good time all around. That it is. Does it feature in Ben's list at all? I don't think so, no? No. His number three is Candyman. The Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your number two? So number two for me was Last Night in Soho that we just covered. Okay. Uh, Number two for Ben uh, was... No, in fact, we'll do mine. And then we'll do bed. So my number two, I'd be very curious to know if this has made your list. And I may never be able to watch this film again because the, the element of mystery was such a big, big thing that was propping up this film for the first half. It's malignant. I just think I just had such a blast with <laughs> the film. Like after, after all, all the, the hell went, you know, it went completely crazy. Um, the big reveal happened, and it's like a 
some bizarre fight scenes and better than the Matrix Resurrections fight scenes. And I just yeah, thought that's true. Like I talked about when it, when we were left the cinema, me and my friends looked at each other and we just kind of gobsmacked because it was it was an awful movie in some ways and an amazing movie in other ways. And like yeah. it's, it is so fun for that reason. I think it. I, I didn't rank beyond five, but like I didn't mention it in honorable mentions because I had a feeling it was going to come up. Uh, I didn't have Ben's list in front of me. And I could have thought it was in. I thought it was perhaps in there, but it was maybe my number six. It could have challenged Candyman, and again, that is a huge, huge swing on behalf of the the later parts of that movie. Like even the last half, the last third, the last quarter, the last yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, malignant when it goes off, it goes off when when that little boy is chucking chairs and when he's <laughs> beating up like a, an entire like video game fighting game roster of yeah. people in all the different outfits in that in that prison cell. Um, <coughs> yeah, when when that bad boy Gabriel goes off, he goes off hard, and I just maybe individually the best single shot of a horror movie for this entire year is just lozzing that chair across that police department well, when he lobs that chair. The more I think about it, the more I feel like it's just insane. Like there's one bit where a plot point in the form of his mother falls through the ceiling into the, into the story. <laughs> there's just so many ridiculous, ridiculous moments. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely wild. In time, maybe I'll understand where this fits because I still, to this day, I, I might need to buy it on like a Blu-ray or something so I can get a director's commentary. No, to get a director's commentary so I can understand whether he did it on purpose or not. I, I think if the if the first section of that film and the way the characters work and the way that the police procedural arm of it works yeah. or doesn't work, if that was deliberate, then then it's phenomenal work. If know, it's if, on, I, if it was made earnestly, then it then it weakens it somewhat because genuinely for the first, I think for the first hour of this of that movie, I was like, what am I watching? Like I, what's I happened? <laughs> even if it was done earnestly, I think I'm starting to enjoy that even more. There's a guy I know. He's a really fun, lovely guy, but he has this habit of uh, when you when you at work sometimes we sing songs. He'll join in and sing, add extra lyrics that aren't in the in the song, and he doesn't know that we're actually singing a song. It's not we're just making up something up. But there's something really nice. <laughs> He's ad libbing. Exactly, yeah. And he just sings along to his own sort of tune, and it sounds bad and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but we just look at him and say, "Nice one," and he looks really happy. And it's just yes. really lovely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I think earnest, the earnestness is kind of, kind of, I like the idea that James won. It was like, yeah, I made a, a badass horror movie. It's the best horror movie ever made. Um, and everyone's like, you know, this is awful, right? But, <laughs> I, like, I like that. It's, it's fun. The, the question I will ask to you then, Luke um, do you want another? Do you want Gabriel to return from Mind Prison for some more backwards antics, or can it never be seen again? I think if it was going to return, it's going to have to do something even more wild 
to justify it could it can't just come back on the same pre premise it has to like do some sort of giant pivot i'm not too sure what, how you would do that but um oh, i don't know does he dream child it? it's like does could bad gabriel now he's not stopping her from having a baby could he could she have a baby in the future and he get on it because that would be awful yeah he I gets on if he gets on her baby because you can't you can't bash your baby it's got just because it's got gabriel on it yeah he's crawling about backwards using his psychic powers maybe the baby has a little a little other gabriel gabriel who's not gabriel, gabriel. <laughs> if you're know. listening james <laughs> get us on board we're, we'll come on this journey with you <laughs> okay so that was my number two um, um did you by any chance luke, luke before we carry on did you pause on giving ben's number two because it is your number one uh no it's actually so there's a bit of a weird one i thought if you were going to put me down uh for, for having psycho gorman because it's not the right year I yeah. was gonna swap in this one. Um uh -huh. so it would have been my it would have been my number five, it would have shunted everything up a bit if that makes sense. Um okay. but it's Ben's number two. And it's um, my number one. I thought it might be. Yeah, with Psycho Gorman out of the picture, is that it was this one because I have thought about this film since we watched it repeatedly. Uh, I'll tell you what then. Let me do mine because no one else has picked this one. And All then right, we'll do it in there. Um, so my number one is a film that I don't think anyone's seen. Uh, it's called Come True. And I've, I've banged on about it a few times. It's the film where the, the art is made by a guy who makes music under the name Pilot Priest, like John Carpenter-esque okay. music, um, like Vapor Wave, whatever you call that music. Um, so the film is about uh, a woman who's a girl who's homeless um, or doesn't have anywhere to sleep. She sleeps on people's sofas. She signs up to like a sleep trial at this university. And what she finds out is that the sleep trial is they found a way to have a camera that can see into people's dreams. Yeah. Um, and then what they find out that everyone, when and the, the screen that they're looking through is just like a little black and white um, kind of distorted camera into people's dreams. So you're mm -hmm. not seeing the full thing. Uh, it's just like a creepy, like little what exactly am I seeing here? But then everyone's dreams all seem to be like at this constant moving forward of the camera through this like shadow realm, and everyone starts to dream of this shadow man that like looks back through the camera out at whoever's looking at them. It's so creepy, <laughs> it's it's like so unnerving, and it doesn't look or feel like any other film I've ever seen in my life. And I it gave me nightmares. It's the first film in years that has given me nightmares. It's something to do with the way the camera moves in those dream sequences. I drifted off and I just and I I had those dreams. And um oh, wow. I've recommended this show to a few people. One person You've said definitely they, spoken to us about it. It's on my watch list right now, but I've not seen it yet. One person who watched it, my friend Maddie, she said she also had nightmares that night after watching it. Another friend said they had weird dreams, no nightmares, but weird dreams. And I think it's something to do with the way it's shot and these like these dream sequences. They can't, they're just so strange and certain, like they draw you in. And then it's a, it's a really cool, really awesome film. I definitely need to watch it. It sounds 
<coughs> sounds terrifying. That but leads what, me to a question, wise, Luke. Yeah, go on. Um, have you got, if you have something you think is going to give you nightmares or keep you up, especially if you've been awake at three in the morning watching something, do you have a little, do you have anything that's your go-to? You have a little palate cleanser that you go to to try and make sure you don't have nightmares? Probably Rocket League. I was thinking about that. Rocket League? When I was playing The Walking Dead, uh, I nearly always have to have a quick game of Rocket League afterwards to, uh, as like a refresher, like a palate yeah. like a sorbet. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of saw Bay just clear you out. <laughs> yeah, so come true. Um, Plot-wise, I think that it doesn't kind of stick the landing at the end, but the experience is so unique. And any film that can affect me in that way is, I don't know. It's, it's worth a mention. It, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to land pretty highly for me. Yeah. Um, and then, so this leads to your number one, my kind of number five, and Ben's number uh, two. two? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, did really well this film. Yeah. Mentions from mentions from everyone. Um, this is where I say it, and it's like, no, I wasn't talking about that. Um, censor, right? Yeah. Prano Bailey Bonds censor. So what is this film about, Andy? And why do you love so, so it? So I think as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, like I think since we watched it, and it's very different from what you know, we mentioned what would have taken in if it had been in the right year, Psycho Gorman, which yeah. I think on paper is a very me movie. And it's a very different movie to that. But this is a movie that I think I really thought about afterwards and it really stuck with me. So for those who haven't listened to our episode on it or haven't seen it, because it hasn't had the widest release. It has had a UK cinema release here as well now, right? But um, yeah. limited. Yeah. Um so it is a film set in the 1980s, particularly in the UK when we had a political agenda surrounding vi- um, what were labelled video nasties at the time, where movies were widely banned for pub- from public consumption, were censored quite heavily if they still got to remain out. And we had a huge culture of like renting, particularly like horror movies and stuff. Um, here and one of these censors that was following government regulations for video review categorization and censorship um, it's about them going through these videos um, and finding particularly disturbing films and censoring them Um, and it it kind of spirals from there there's a mystery element in that our lead character has a connection to it and a a mystery in her past and a a sister who has disappeared, presumed dead, and something she sees in a movie is extremely reminiscent of her experiences as a child when her sister went missing. And it's about, well, there's there's some good ambiguity to it, there's some surreal elements to it, there's some mystery to there's some mystery to it. But overall, like it's a film that I think it really stuck with me. I really thought about it not only for the the way the story unfolds and some of the really, really neat visual tricks and the visual representation, so non-spoken delivery of story and deliver of like the horror and the reveals that come in those in those final scenes. But even in the mundane and the the delivery of the basics of the story where where you begin, so authentically crafted 
mm-hmm. into that experience. I'm a, I'm a little older than yourself and Ben, so I was a little older in that period of the 1980s, and I felt like it was exactly as I remember it as a kid. Yeah, I feel if I could smell this movie, I would be able to smell it, and it would be like what it was being a really little kid in the, for me, sort of mid to late 80s. Um going going around and going to the video shops and being scared of the the things that I saw on there because I would have been, you know, like between yeah. like five and you know between five and seven in the sort of late eighties. But like it um I really it was loved, great. Like I just had a great time. I really loved even just the shots where she's like walking to the train station. The kind of grotty looking filmic look worked really well. Yeah. But I remember um so in a couple of other podcasts I listened to they were saying they didn't feel like it worked in, in the ending. Um, and I remember feeling that way a little bit. But then when we talked about it on our episode, it kind of revealed to me what its intentions were a little bit more. And I think it really went up in my book when we started to talk about it more and, and digest it. I think it's a really interesting film. The more I think about it, the more I kind of love it and kind of want yeah. to watch it again. That's that's what kind of stuck with me going through it as well. Like I, we watched it and I came away. I think I watched it the night before we recorded, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, that was that was pretty good. And I think my my ranking probably went up like several, you know, not several, probably went up like another another letter as as we went through and we spoke about it. And I was actually there's quite a lot to unpack here, um, and I think one thing to recognize as well is just the talent behind making it as well. I think Prana Bailey Bond's going to do yeah. some great things. I don't yeah. think she's done a, her best work just yet. I think there's, there's more great stuff to come. I'm just taking a look now while we're talking about it actually to see if uh, there's anything else due or anything else that's announced. I watched you doing that uh, on the Facebook group. We've had some people say some of their favorites. Scott Anthony said he really enjoyed the Fair Street trilogy. Also enjoyed Old, although it felt like a stretch to call it horror. Um, guilty pleasure for Wrong Turn too. Uh, oh, okay. Guilty pleasure, wrong, wrong turn. Yeah, yeah it had its moments. Yeah. It ended. Yeah. It ended more times than like than Return of the King. But yeah, <laughs> um, Phil Turner said I would go with Censor. Where was yes. the Fair Street thing? Uh, last night in Soho, if that's horror, and malignant. So, kind of, we've kind of in, enjoyed and agree with a lot of those. Stephen Christopher said a classic horror story was surprising how good it was. I don't even know what this one is. Usually, Netflix is formulaic or generic, <clears throat> uh, but that stood out for him. Candyman, Antlers, uh, Manor. Stephen Christopher's seen so many I've not seen. Army of Thieves, which was a sequel to Army of the Dead. And Halloween kills were a good time, so we enjoyed that one. Don't Breathe 2 and Conjuring 3 were disappointments for him. He didn't see Lamb, Purge, Old, or The Unholy. Malignant was his favourite of the year. It's not what he James wanted, but it but was what he needed in horror movies. It's what James Wan got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and David Nesbitt said, not being the best year, I think Wrong Turn might have been his favourite. Fear Street trilogy was surprisingly fun too. So, yeah, uh, I guess we should do our disappointments of the year. Yeah, we've got some others to go through. So we've 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 gone to the highs. Um, so congratulations to 
just recap for everyone's number one then. So my number one is Sensor. Your number one is... Uh, come True. Come True. And Ben's number one was Last Night in Soho, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some some great movies. Applause to all those people that made it. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think overall, before we go on to the disappointments and the other categories and so on, like a good year for horror or a bad year for horror. Um, it's super difficult to even think about because what did we have last year? What was our favourites last year? Do you know? <laughs> now you're asking. Um, ah, you know what, Luke? Easy. Last year, best movie, Psycho Gorman. <laughs> ha! Uh, done it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what... I don't know what to put. I'd say, I mean, look at the films that I've got here. It's been a pretty great year. I mean, Country, Malignant, Psycho Gorman, <laughs> Sensor, Last Night in Soho, Empty Man, VHS movie we got, Taite. we got so much cool stuff, actually. Yeah. And it's such a, it's a, good, a varied list as well. Good, a good year for horror. Um, you've got your artifarties, you've got your malignant, you've got yeah. your uh, uh, anthology film, you've got it all. Anything you want here. I would say the big winners here were new ideas, um, you know, new IPs, new revisits to some old favourites that have been dormant for a while. The ones that all suffer and a little bit of sizzle for what's going to come from my disappointments list. And I would imagine for you as well, perhaps some established franchises took a few missteps in this one. You know, the fact that The Conjuring didn't hit our top fives is, you know, yeah, either telling of the quality there of, of the other competition or just how maybe we are we need something a little bit more punchy to hit those top five lists from that series now. Yeah. Well, let's should we hit some disappointments? What what was disappointing you this year, Luke? <coughs> Mortal Kombat. Was that this year? Yeah, it was this year. I don't know. I just feel like I actually feel like that'd be a, a dead easy adaptation to make. And people would really enjoy a proper Mortal Kombat movie that has the tournament. And also it was a bit soap opery. I think people enjoy yeah. the soap operiness of um more combat um and this film i don't know why it chose to do some of, i mean i know why it chose to do some of the things it did they they even said they kept asking themselves what would a marvel movie do and i feel like using it like the arcane arcane or whatever you call it like the little tattoo kind of those sort of choices and adding this new character in it just kind of detracted away from what's good about Mortal combat Mortal combat yeah. is like a ragtag of of people who are strange and unusual who find a place for themselves and you'll come together to scrap in an interdimensional tournament to save the planet. How hard is that to do? <laughs> yeah, it know. should it should be incredibly incredibly easy. I like mean, they got it right the first time. They could have just done that but better and with a bigger if, budget. If you, if you did that with bigger budgets and you know like if you got the original Mortal Kombat, and then you went on to employ the best martial arts stunt coordinators in the world to do yeah. your to do your fight choreography, and you give the actors time to train for it, then you've absolutely hit the jackpot with it. Yeah, I think the the thing that they tried to do was they tried to, in some portions of it, 
to take it down and they take out some of the the flamboyance and they took out some of the some of the things that were over top i want scorpion to shout get over here and fire like a yeah fire like a big harpoon out of his face i want Shang Tsung to say it has begun on his big boat and yeah. scream flawless victory and Mortal Kombat and things like that. Like the the thing that leaned into it the most was and the the best characterization of it was uh, Kano. Kano was great. Kano was great. Like Kano good, was good brilliant in it. To it. Yeah. The fatalities was pretty amazing. Like, yeah, the, like, the Kung Lao one was brilliant. Yeah. But it yeah. just it just missed the beat on so much. Like. For me, the big character parts as well, as much as the guys did the best. Like I, I want the Raiden and the Shang Tsung. They were the hugest characters in the in the first one, and both of them were quite quiet and softly spoken in this one. Yeah, it was. It was I don't know, and they didn't even go to Outworld in this one, did they? I don't think. No. So yeah, yeah. missing a trick there. Got to go to Outworld. And just 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 bring people like bring bring characters and. You haven't got to save all of your characters either. Don't just do one new character that is going to be like, either bring in a ton of random characters who like a slasher movie, you know, they're all, you know, loads of them are going to get killed. Bring in loads of generic like army dudes and, and other characters that are, that can be quickly, quickly dispatched. Or you're writing a thing about an inter, like an interdimensional fighting tournament, kill people from find ways to bring them back to life. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be curious to know what they did for sequel. I feel like maybe they could take some of the good things here and kind of work them towards a better sequel. Uh, we'll, we'll see. What about you? What's yeah. on your disappointment list? Um, I'll get brace myself for emails, but because of the potential, they can because of what it could and should have been and because of the hubris that it represents halloween kills really stung me this year yeah i just thought it was an it's weird because i I, i've seen quite a few people say they really enjoyed it people i generally agree with um and i just i'm feeling like am i missing something here i just found it really tiresome Um, yeah i think it just and we, we talked about it on the episode at the at the time, I think. Like the Halloween, like the 2019 Halloween, I currently list as my, my favorite in the franchise. I think it's very well done. It brings modern filmmaking and modern film pacing to the classic series and has some great moments. Like a long tracking shot outside the house is phenomenal. Yeah. So then it really makes last year's 2021's halloween kills suffer yeah when i have the same stars the same creative team behind it i feel like i've had my time wasted and yeah it doesn't have the it doesn't have the the joy and it doesn't have any there's no enjoyment to be had in in certain things about it it isn't like there's a there's a jump scare and a and a and, a, and some fear and a terrifying kill hmm. i think I, I was watching that bit where it's like 
um, there's the older couple that run the house and he kind of comes in and then like slowly stabs them, stabs them to death. And I was like, there's no showmanship or enjoyment in this. I'm watching an old couple be, be slowly murdered by, yeah. by like a by like big old virgin Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> like it's, and, yeah. and, and at the end, the, the offensive thing is with all the evil dies tonight and very skillful marketing, I would have preferred if there'd just been some kind of escape and maybe we end Halloween ends with him on a back foot and he is like a cornered rat getting rid of some of these guys for a bit of a change of pace. But basically what happens is the film goes full circle and may as well not have happened. Yeah, yeah. And and it made me feel as a consumer that you had the idea for two films and then someone in an office told you to make it three. It. If, if the the 2018 one felt really free of constraints and they just yeah. managed to tell a really uh, tight little, solid little film, perfectly put together. Um, and it feels like when they went into this one, they, was, they set up too many constraints for themselves, tried to make it all work with all these extra elements to make it all interesting with the, the Evil Dies Tonight stuff and the, uh, the com- social commentary. Uh, but it all it becomes a bit of a jumbled mess by the end of it, and becomes um, just I don't know, just a bit boring. Just just the, uh, the kills are kind of fun; they're always fun. But just the overall story, just, it, it didn't have that proportion. That that I don't know. I just it's like quite long. Was it like two hours, maybe? Or yeah, it's, it it's quite long. long. It's reasonably yeah. long. I'll check. But like. And as well, like surely your big your big thing, the thing that you market on, the thing that you're selling against, and I imagine the thing that you're selling when Halloween ends comes out um, is that it's Laurie Strode having a fight with Michael Myers, and she sends the whole film poorly in hospital. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of excited about Halloween ends. Oh yeah, I mean, jokes on me. I'm going to go and see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like a few people would agree with Halloween Kills as a disappointment, but I think even more people would agree with Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City as a disappointment. Oh, yes. Yeah, I would imagine so. What What were your thoughts on this, Luke? Remind me. Um, so either, I think I remember being annoyed really at the writing level, at the script level. Like that... Yeah. that um, Oh hello, Jill Valentine. My name is Chris Redfield. Kind of writing, and the as you know, this guy is the <laughs> as you know is the one. As you also know, this is a place that we should not, not go. I don't know. And also, they're trying to cram two films into uh, stories into the one film. Just like basically, just having one, two amazing locations: the police station and the the mansion. Basically, just having one room. In like two rooms in each, and not really exploring or spending any time at all building atmosphere. Um, I don't know. There's a quite a few things that were really <laughs> disappointing about this film. Yeah, like I you? could, without repeating the ones you already already said, Luke. I think the it's the rushing through things that did it. Like literally. I don't understand where it's like, oh, Raccoon City will be destroyed by 6am. And then like basically every so often then like, boom, there is a cut to black and another hour has passed. And it's yeah. like, well, just make this in real time or do something else. Like, I don't understand. Like, 
what's going on? It feels like there was a, an unfinished script. You're right. The collection of the right and the characterization really struggled as well, which I hasten to add is nothing to do with the, with, you know, with, with casting or anything like that. I think the, 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 the casting is fine. I do not care what yeah. these characters look like necessarily. I do not need Leon S. Kennedy to look like my friend Tom's younger brother, Rob in the nineties with his curtains and it, it to look like that. I, I don't need it. They can look however they yeah. like, but the characterization of these people, it felt like pretty much all of them were the same, all the same guy. They're all like people who are sick at their job, are sick of their jobs and not particularly good at them. Despite the fact they're like a special forces team by and large yeah and everyone is like super aggro all the time like with each other um until they're not and yeah it 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 did feel like super rushed and for the money you're spending on these things let me you do work as a you know you do more work as a as a writer and have got things published more than I have, Luke. I know neither of us have Hollywood scripts published, but I imagine of all the things you spend money on, your script is not the per- the your script writer is not the guy that's getting the most money. So that is the lowest expense of everything. So it is something you could probably afford to just have another run at and get a little bit better. Because oddly enough, yeah. I think a, I think you could have done a script that was less heavy on effects and probably would have been cheaper to make but you could have got more scares out of it with some very skillfully written scenes. I think um, it's written and directed by the same guy. I wonder what the editing process was in the sense of who was in front of him to say, hang on, this isn't, you shouldn't have that, as you know, sentences in a, as as you know, (laughs) as you know, Johannes Roberts, you shouldn't have those sentences in scripts because it's uh, expository and really don't, <laughs> and people like, don't oh, talk like that. <laughs> as I do know that. So um, I guess I have to yeah. take them out. Yeah. But again, I, I don't want to be, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm too worried about being harsh to Hollywood filmmakers who will certainly not hear me say this and probably been paid enough not to care. They got to make the movie, but I did feel in its defense that like, I felt like the people making it, at least most of them, Oh yeah, did like Resident Evil and they did want to make the production a good, design a, a good film amazing. out of it. And that's why they spent that that's why they spent that time making those things. I just wish they'd met made less of them and did their best in doing like you make a Resident Evil movie and you've heard people clamoring for a more direct adaptation of the stories of the yeah. of the of the games take that, that on doesn't board. mean just on a surface level it means on yeah the, the yeah level. do yeah do do all of it i would even be tempted to say make you know make a ridiculous b movie if you want to that is that is that leans into that give the makers of psycho gorman a resident evil ip yeah. and see what they can do with it um i would I'm not against watching more Resident Evil, but mm. I'm not sure I have any any expectations of it. I think it's a huge victim of the fact of don't try and 
and say, right, if I only get one chance to make Resident Evil, I want to make sure I cover my favourite bits from both my two favourite Resident Evil games. Again, a little bit of restraint and a little bit of control here would have been a, I want to make the best Resident Evil one game. Fuck it. I want to make something that covers the story of the first half of Resident Evil 1 or the, the events that run up to the mansion incident in Resident Evil 1. Mortal Kombat it and have it ending with them entering the mansion if you really must and have some people fighting beasts in the forest for a while. But yeah. hold back on everything you're doing and make a really effective, quite scary movie if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with the rest later. All the elements are there um, for you to use. You just didn't need to use all of them. You can do anything, John Roberts. You can't do everything. Yeah. This is this is this is the situation. Well, this is a, a film version of when someone's just got a big box of Lego and they yeah. get in there, and it's not like a set of Lego, but you've got a space station that's been built onto a fire engine, yeah. and you've got like a like knights in space, which is what my Lego used to look, look like, but you know what? I wasn't asking people to go and watch a film, and that was I. It's just yeah, a kid playing yeah. with Lego. <laughs> yeah. Any other disappointments that you can think of? Let's have a look here. Um, yeah, one more. Um, not so much for the film and the expectations of going to see it, but for the talent behind making it. Um, Demonic. Do you remember that ordeal? That was the film I mentioned we watched the week before Werewolves Within, and Karen was like, what are you watching? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, mostly forgot about Demonic. I don't know if I'm that disappointed because I, I don't know, I just didn't have high expectations for it. So in some ways, it actually surpassed my expectations. Surpassed your expectations. I don't know why. I think I just heard a lot of bad stuff about it and lawnmower man horror never tends to go too well. Although those those scenes I actually really enjoyed. It was the other stuff that I didn't enjoy so much. Yeah, I, like, I, I didn't have any problem with the graphical representation. I think we made a little bit of fun of it. But mm. again, I think we can lean into the the writing. This is the one where Ben gave his famous scathing review. It's like, nobody is any good in the, in the, in the, in the, in the thing. But like, yeah. this is what, again, one, like, I think when I think of Mal Blancamp films, I think of, of his generation and of the at the peak of his powers, some of the most notable uh, conceptual, visually striking kind of grungy, gritty sci-fi stuff that we saw in in years at the time, right? Like yeah. of note, particularly um, you know District Nine, of course. And then I know Elysium and Chappie have their have their fans as well. He's done some other. Um, short films and conceptual stuff which has been very well received and Demonic on its surface had had things going for it and I think it comes with expectations of of, of that creative team mm-hmm. that that you're going to see something that was that was striking and I think there was potential there which is why it was a disappointment for me I think you could have done something interesting with that but it just required too many logical jumps for us to follow along with the story like come in and see you mom i don't want to go and see you mom oh well you haven't seen it for years come in and see it all right you've got to go and see her in this virtual world now okay i guess so ha i've just come into this virtual world mom to tell you you're a bitch oh well 
I'll see you tomorrow though, because I will come back again. Um, yeah, there, there, there were so many like logical jumps there that there could have been other ways to deliver, and we could have done something a little bit more with the story. It could have been, it could have been more. Yeah. Um, okay. How about so, you? No, that's all my disappointments. You've uh, not been disappointed by anything else. That's good. No. Uh, so, uh, notable TV and games. And probably other media as well. Yeah. Is there anything that's um that, let's um, let's let's throw the big one out, shall we? Notable TV for the year. Midnight Mass was great. Yeah, if if that was like on the film list as well, I think it would have been placed pretty highly. Don't know where. Yeah, same. Uh, but I just gobbled up Midnight Mass so uh so quickly and enjoyed just about every single little morsel of it. Even the stuff where people were doing monologues for way too long, um, I just enjoyed it. I just think it was kind of lovely and yeah, yeah, like great small tale uh, horror. I think we spoke about it. Some of the monologues you can take them or leave them, but by and large, I just really enjoyed it. Incredibly, like beautifully made, very well crafted, very deliberate, um, very nicely paced horror series. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Should have a quick look for horror games for 2021 to see if there's anything I've overlooked. Well, I've got Resident Evil Village. Of course. Yeah. Resident Evil Village um, and uh, Little Nightmares 2. Okay, I'm, I'm not quite finished Little Nightmares 1 just yet, so Little Nightmares 2 have not started. But Village, we'll do, we'll wrap, we've all finished Village, right? Yeah, everyone's finished Village now. Um, there's the uh, House being event to whatever it's called, I just thought it was amazing. <laughs> just yeah, thought it was that was great, terrifying. Uh, almost to the point where it was that kind of terrifying where you're like, This is too much, <laughs> I, I'm not having fun now. But when you manage to get through it, it's uh, it's a great feeling, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I did not like perfect. being chased by that big god baby, he was no good, um, yeah, yeah, and the sounds that were coming out of its mouth and stuff. It's very yeah, he was awful. Silent Hill, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's very Silent Hill horror in that relatively short section. Yeah. I liked the variety that we got from Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village. It was it, it was a lot of fun. Like, uh, yeah, I prefer Resident Evil Seven. I prefer the uh, the tonal consistency of that one. Yeah. Um, this one they were going for the fun house of horror kind of vibe where every different section was a different type of horror and they completely succeeded in that but i prefer more i prefer more scares generally because this one was more yeah. action horror fun which is yeah. fun, which is kind of, kind of fun i actually really enjoyed you know when you're on the roof of the castle castle demetresque and you're like yeah. shooting down vampires of like shooting down those big vampire dudes and, yeah that was fun i was like this is it looks like a proper um uh, hammer horror style castle this this like it's really got that vibe to it it i thought that was awesome actually um but i would i would prefer something to be a bit scarier all the way through whereas this didn't feel very scary that much apart from house being event two and a few yeah. you're you are right like i think resident evil 7 maybe maintains the horror element of it for longer in the game but yeah. it's always the it's always the thing of resident evil games right that there is always a point in those games where you become 
And it happens in Resident Evil 7. It, it's just slightly later in the game. I'd say it's by the time you're at the by the time you're at Lucas's part where he's where it's like saw basically and he's setting up traps for you and stuff. At that point, yeah, you're pretty handy. You've got a grenade launcher. Um, the traps kind of slow you down, but when monsters come to fight you, it's like, well, I can I can deal with that. Yeah. Um yeah. That that is where Resident Evil games struggle to maintain the fear. By the time you've got a, you know, by the time you've got a, some more heavy weaponry and you're not visually shocked by the appearance and movement of the monsters, and they're just a challenge to overcome, then yeah, you can't well, maintain that, that same level uh, of fear. Resident Evil did really well. Was that fear that it's right at the start where you enter the village and you're suddenly like. You're in like a little cabin bit, and there's a load of uh, werewolves coming at you from all angles. Like there's some breaking yeah. in through the windows, and you're trying to like close bits of wood or like put, push things in the way. There's like um, stuck like you're crawling under the floorboards, and there's like some appearing out of different places. That feeling that like there's a siege, and they're all trying to get yeah. you from every single angle. That was that was done pretty splendidly. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Have you got the the kit, or is it just that, that you're interested in to play Resident Evil 4 in VR? Is that something you've already done or something you just like to do? I would like to do. I've not got an Oculus Quest uh, to play it, uh, but I, I will get an Oculus Quest at some point, and I will play Resident Evil 4 in VR. It looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Little Nightmares 2, my other honorable mention, uh, you just got to play it. I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's, I'll get, I'll, I'll get to it because it's, it's, it's only a matter of once I finish the first one, I will pretty much roll into, into the second one straight away. Because you're a fan of Inside in Limbo, yeah, like they definitely are the same genre. And whereabouts are you in the in the first one? Um, I think I've dealt with. Um, I think I'm on the. Not as far as I thought I was. I thought, oh, is this the end? In fact, is this just a short game? But I've just dealt with the first kind of ghoulie man, effectively, the big daddy long arms that tries to get you. Quite, quite early on then, yeah. I've killed him. I've chopped his arms off and everything. He's he's du- he's dusted. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a long game because like two or three hours or so. Uh, they both are. Um, they both got such an interestingly quirky, weird horror vibe to them. And there's there's... There's bits in Little Nightmares too that I think are genuinely terrifying. When you're in well, um, I will crack on and, and get to them. I did quickly Google horror games and I found that The Medium was a 2021 game. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. That was good. And there, like, there's some really great like um, audio horror and the tension of being chased in that as well. Uh, at some bits. It's, it's largely story driven. So there are yeah. only limited sections where you can actually truly fail. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really nicely constructed. Cool. Uh, last, last but not least, I guess we just want to quickly talk about if there's anything that we're looking forward to in 2022. Um, um, I mean, first one coming up super soon, right? Like looking forward to some scream in a couple of weeks. Uh, with these kind of remakes thing, remake boots these days, I'm just uh, cautious now. I think it looks yeah. good, but I'm cautious. After The Matrix and uh, sequel to The Halloween Kills, I, I don't know, I'm cautious. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, actually, 
I say that, but um, Evil Dead Rise, I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> if that comes Evil out. Dead Rise, though, it feels like it's, it doesn't feel the same. It feels like it's a long-awaited sequel rather than a, also a little, little bit extra. I'm, I have good faith in the Scream thing because of who is behind it. Who is behind it? Like, it's the, the guy, it's the folks that did Ready or Not. Which oh, not okay. Samara Weaving, but direct, you know, Radio Silence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're directing it. I know that they are. They were very deliberate in saying they wanted to do something that Wes Craven would have been yeah. proud of as well. They took a lot of notes from what what they felt he would have done with it. Um, so I feel like it's in good hands with those what those guys. And if it's the type of thing that I've seen from them. Mm-hmm. Ready or not, was certainly of the year it came out, which is meaningless now because the last two years all blur together. Yeah, um, it was one of my favorites of that of the year it came out. Um, speaking of Evil Dead Rise, um, speaking of Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange movie is coming out, the Multiverse yes. of Madness, which I hope is a bit horror-y. Uh, we don't know if it will be, but. All about that, a bit of Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we've seen a trailer for it now. And after the way things explode with with Spider-Man, I'm looking forward to seeing something crazy. I'll tell you what, I bet you're looking forward to. Uh, What's that? Morbius. Oh, my, my, vampire Michael Morbius. Michael Morbius, yeah. My, my Michael Morbius played by... Yeah, consistent yeah, yeah oh, consi- <laughs> consistently uh popular comic book uh, star jared leto yeah um i don't know what, i don't know if it's coming out this year hellraiser that i think it's been made by david bruckner who did oh yeah what was the the ritual he did the ritual now, okay, I haven't seen the ritual, but I hear very good things about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm keen to see Hellraiser. I've got less connections to that. I can't tell you, in fact, which which Hellraiser sequels I have seen and which ones I haven't. They all have yeah. weird subtitles to them. After four, I don't know if you need. Many. The fact that you made it to four is impressive enough. Um, the, the first two, the first one is really good. Second one's good. The third one, I remember being quite fun. And the fourth one, I don't really remember at all. Is the one that's, is the one where Hellraiser is an MMO now? Is it what? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a League of Legends or something, isn't it? It's like, it's like a Warcraft, but it's, uh, it's Hellraiser now. Well, what? There's a game. With... There is one where Hellraiser is is a is a computer game. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't have no idea about that one. And is the one where Hellraiser is a theme park, or am I making these things up now? <laughs> I have no idea. It sounds like you're yeah. making them up. Yeah, there's definitely one where Hellraiser is an MMO, and there's right. I'm going to quickly Google this. Bear with me. Bear with me, listeners. Great dead air here. Is Hellworld the one that is set at a theme park? No, Pinhead is back to torment computer hackers who open a virtual Lament configuration on the Hellworld website. So that's that's Hellraiser, but internet. 
what what episode is that one? Episode uh, that's six. that's Hell World from two thousand and five. Wow. I mean, maybe we should I go just... and watch all of the Hellraiser movies. Yeah, and just see. I can't see that one of them is a theme park. If I just type in Hellraiser theme park, there is a ride at Breen theme park called Hellraiser. Doesn't look too scary. It just looks like a little like caterpillar roller coaster. I don't feel like hell is going to be particularly raised from riding on it. It's very brightly coloured. Yeah. So there we go. Quite yeah. glad to see what um, what they come up with because this isn't the same studio, right? This is back to Clive Barker as well, I think. Um, so it, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's back to Clive Barker. We've got a new pinhead, right? A female pinhead. Which I think some people were angry about. Oh, people Which will I, be, won't they? I, d- I don't think um, the Cenobites need to be any male or female, I quite like them being androgynous, strange, otherworldly creatures like like women. <laughs> so I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any any parts of the. I mean, I haven't seen the one where he's on where he's on an internet game, but I don't think that the gender of of Pinhead has ever been no an important. Factor. He's never got his willy out. <laughs> he's, he's never had to go for a stand-up wee. I d- um, yeah. I don't even know if he's got flies. I think it's like an all-in-one suit thing that he has yeah, to... Yeah, he's got kind of like a he's like all-in-one leather it. leather number where he's like, yeah, he's definitely belted into it. Yeah. Yeah. Very tight. Yeah, so, Maybe that's part so this, of the, the torment. That he just if he always needs a wee, but he'll always never ever go time. for one. He's get he's, he can't go for a wheel of time, and then in in hell, devil's already always give him a cup of tea. So, oh, don't be rude, have another cup of tea. Oh, I mustn't. I've yeah. got. I, I can't. I can't go for a wee in this. Constantly. Well, I've made it. I've, well, I've, well, I've made it now. <laughs> <laughs> just don't you like it? Do you think um, Pinhead has sugar in his tea? Or um, suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he probably would have it in in his tea because they're aren't they don't they do a hellraiser because they're looking for like the ultimate in like experiences. Yeah. So he probably wants to put everything. He probably wants to try everything you can have in your tea at least once: cream, sugar, milk, maybe a bit of honey. Coconut milk. Who knows? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and he, he tries them all, and it's too much, and he's overloaded on experiences. Exactly, he's got all yeah. sorts in this too. He wants the you know, the good and the bad experiences, but to the max. So, like, yeah. t- like he wants to be tickled so much that it it genuinely hurts. He, he that it bru- to, like, that it bruises his ribs. That he erodes him away like water in a cave system. <laughs> Oh, I really like sugar in my tea, but I've had so much that it's given me a right tummy ache. Yeah, the tummy aches that he's experienced in his lifetime, you cannot even believe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Razor feels too poorly. Like, like, oh, on like because he's having these experiences, like the devil's probably cooking him his favorite tea. But because of these experiences, he probably snacks too much on the built daughter for it. He won't want it when he's there. He'll be like, oh no. 
think of all the um I mean, we always think of his experiences as being physical but all of the kind of mental anguish like he goes up to do stand-up comedy gigs but can't remember any of his jokes <laughs> <laughs> or like he gets really he gets bearing in mind as well now that we know that hellraiser is he plays video games now he plays something that's got like a really um you know really involved story as lots of he plays like an assassin's creed he gets like 100 hours in and then chatterer yeah. saves over his save file and it's yeah, like no yeah. like basically the feeling the mental torture of having hours of your time wasted <laughs> for nothing that's he your plays, uh, uh that's rocket, league, rocket league with the team chat on everyone's calling him a noob all yeah. of the experiences that yeah yeah, yeah. hellraisers go hellraisers there playing <laughs> Playing Fortnite or something, and fourteen-year-olds telling him telling him who his mom has slept with. Yeah. Like, oh, jeez, Louise, dude. I thought I had it bad on in hell, and now I'm on the internet. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's that's all to discuss. If you guys want to let us know your favorites, your disappointments, your favorite TV shows and games and media. Uh, or just you know, let us know if you think it's been a good or a bad year for horror. Uh, I know uh, I think a couple of people have said they haven't had too much fun with this year, but I don't know. I think it's been there's been plenty to to enjoy. Uh, there's been other stuff to be very disappointed. It's been a hellraiser type of year. The experiences have gone good and bad. So many experiences, good and bad, like all the things you need to at once. Yeah. If you have any more examples of. <laughs> shit things that might happen to poor old Pinhead. Um, that's no. Yeah. Um, if you want to become a patron, you can get early access to episodes, bonus content, and heaps of free stuff over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. And thanks to our current patrons, Lane Spencer, John Crennan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Laura Kendrick, Scott Rigby, Ollie Child, and Pazuzu. Uh, thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed, please consider rating and reviewing and join the Facebook group Horror Hangout Ford of Advisors. And thanks to my co-hosts, both of them, even though Ben isn't here today because he's having a lovely time walking holiday in Scotland. Uh, thanks to my co-host Ben and Andy for being right horror dudes. Thank you, Luke, for another year of being a right horror dude. We've done it. On to 2022. It. What an exciting time to begin. Another year done and dusted. Yeah. Let's get a horror-filled year yeah. on, the, on the way. For now, though, bye, everyone. Bye. 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 bye.